This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. The Jews waited more than 4,000 years for the coming of the Messiah. If we can just wait through our intro music, what you'll find in this show will make Advent great again. Living the Faith Podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media, restoringthefaith.com. Well, here we are. We're in Advent. We are officially in Advent. First Sunday of Advent has come and gone. Period of Advent, period of waiting, expectation, period of preparation has begun. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't last 40 years. It only lasts four weeks. 4,000 years, four weeks. Four weeks already seems long enough. Can you imagine waiting 4,000 years? I know. Four weeks is a while. But it wasn't always four weeks, was it, Joe? No, no, it wasn't. It's been it's been longer. It in some cases it wasn't uh, practiced for some time. Um, but uh, back in the Council of Tours, I think it was kind of solidified that Advent should be happening. Council um, of Tours was a while ago. It was like sixth century. It wasn't four thousand years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's you know four, fourteen centuries ago. I'm, yeah. That that that's a while. That's, that's a, a while. while. That's a while. But back then it was pretty it was like a monastic thing, advent. Yeah, no no no, it started out that way and then it uh quickly be- became uh something that the entire church invo- involved itself in, right? I mean, obviously Lent has always been, you know, uh a thing, right? I mean, yeah. for 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 much longer time than than advent. Uh yeah. Lent Always, I mean, if you can imagine, especially the early Christians, much fresher in their memories, or much fresher in at least the the memories of the church leaders, et cetera, that have been very closely uh, associated with the apostles by only a few generations. Right. The the trauma of Christ's crucifixion was still very near and dear uh, to them in a just a chronological. Period. Yeah. yeah so yeah. just that time of wow, this is the anniversary of when our Lord and Savior died right, again. I mean, right, that was, right. and that's of course the more. Uh, I mean, that's that's such a spectacular grouping of events. The mm. the, the the death and and incarnate and re, you know big reincarnation. There were a lot more people there for that. Yeah, people saw that. People mm-hmm. saw that. Now some people some people were there uh, for the birth um, mm-hmm. of our Lord, and we're going to talk about that uh, during the Epiphany. Mm. Um, so that'll be, that'll be an interesting topic, but what we're going to cover today in the living the face show from the heart of America, where we are still sitting in this illustrious restoring the faith studio, Joe and Mike here with you as we are every week, we are going to cover some of the disciplines and history of Advent and how to apply them in your family over this period of waiting and preparation and expectation. So the Advent is a big, big time for us. 
uh, as Catholics, right? I mean, Lent is leading up to Easter, of course, but Advent is also a very big time. Um, There's a lot of extra feast days, a lot more things going on during Advent. Um, Mm -hmm. So make sure and subscribe and click the bell because we're going to have some extra special deliveries. We already put, I think we scared some people with that. The title of that last show. Oh, Killing Santa Claus? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that was a good title. I thought it was a good title, too, yeah. because he's not real. Yeah. That's why. Actually, so one, there was a prominent uh, Facebook group admin that messaged us because uh, we dropped the video into the Facebook mm-hmm. group of many thousands of people. Yep. And he said, well, you're, I like the content, but the title, could you change the title because it's so violent? It's so violent? Have you ever read about the Crusades? Uh, there's, there's a lot of violence out there. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a very he's a kindly good guy. gentleman. And, I'm, and I appreciate how he did that. But yes. it's just so funny that Santa Claus isn't even real. So to commit violence against something or someone that isn't a real person is kind of yeah. like, okay, Santa Claus doesn't exist. Yeah. St. Nicholas does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, last time I checked. And... That is that. So <laughs> it's interesting, though, uh, Joe. I read I read two sentences that really hit me when we were doing our show prep, and and be- even before that. The first here's a fun factoid about the prophet Isaiah. Mm. Much was spoken about our Lord, yes, and His coming, mm-hmm. um, but none more so than the prophet Isaiah. And in fact, I had never heard him referred to the fifth evangelist. Before he's sometimes called the fifth evangelist because of his precision in describing all the minute details about how, where, when our Lord would come to us. It's pretty incredible, really. I mean, and that is the beauty again of the the faith, right? I mean, if we look yeah. at, at as a, a Christ fulfilled the old and began the new, um, that you can have somebody who's an old. Testament prophet mm-hmm. that can be referred to uh, quite clearly as the fifth evangelist, even though he was separated from the four other evangelists via time, he speaks so intimately. Oh yeah, like I mean, he's there. Yeah, he is. He he is there for the whole thing. I think the I think somebody, some mathematician, someone smarter than I, uh, laid out the statistics on this on all of the. V- characteristics from the Old Testament which mm. prefigure and describe the coming of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And there were something like 400 details that were given, wow. and all of them are a perfect match. And then this, this again, this mathematician person said that th- the probability of that happening naturally, uh, just in the course of things, is the same probability as a tornado striking a junkyard hmm. and fully assembling a functional 747 Boeing aircraft. That's basically the same probability, mathematically speaking. Wow. That all of those prophecies and characteristics described about our Lord would be fulfilled in one person. Wow, that's incredible. Against all odds. The second thing to set the stage is that it is true what we said in the beginning. An entire people lived for centuries animated by this firm hope that they would be the people to whom God would send a Messiah. For centuries, Mm -hmm. these people all knew, and we're talking about the Jews. Right. They knew that they were the chosen people, that they existed for the specific purpose of 
being a nation into which our Lord would be born. Yep. I mean, imagine that. Imagine ha- that's national unity. Right. Right. No. And, and this is this is the same unity that we're supposed to be seeking as Catholics. Right. Advent is that time where it's just like, uh, you know, I either you're 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 completely separated from it and you're just like, oh, Advent. Yeah, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. Right. And who cares? Right. right. Or there's just kind yeah. of a is this the pink? Uh, is this the pink candle Sunday or is this the purple yeah, candle right, Sunday? Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> like that is the extent of Advent for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And. You know, because we're not properly catechized. Right. This is not a knock on like how people practice Advent. No. This is just we don't actually have these traditions in our family. Right, right, right. And and this has been so heavily practiced inside the Catholic faith. Yeah. Like so many other things that we are not catechized on. And and this is something that we really need to pay attention to. Make this the Advent that you make Advent great again. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That was that's, your idea. That's MAGA. <laughs> Hashtag MAGA. <laughs> We did. We didn't put the hashtag in the show title, but we can say it in the show. Yeah, I, apparently yeah. <laughs> it's out now. <laughs> but um, no, but 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 for but seriously, Advent needs to be something. I mean, this is this is the part of the life cycle of the church of the liturgical year, etc. Yeah, and this is something where we we exhale and we inhale, right. and, and this is a breathing of in and in and out of the various different stages of the life of the church. Right. This is not a joyless season, but it is a solemn season. And there's a difference between those two, because when you categorically, when you compare Advent to Lent, Lent is described as a period as, as a purgative period. I mean, this is a, this is a period where you are supposed to suffer and you are supposed to meditate on your own sins and, and you bringing our Lord to the cross and, and, and those things. And you're supposed to have spiritual growth during that time as well. We can certainly have spiritual growth in Advent, but it doesn't have the the same character Mm -hmm. as Lent has. Mm -hmm. And so some of the practices which we'll get into are not as austere as they are during Lent. Certainly. Um, You know, again, this is is also helpful from the perspective that we are uh, trying to uh, reenact the longing for Christ that we should all have that's in our it. in our lives. And that's a hopeful longing, hopeful. but but longing in itself is a pain. Correct. Yeah, exactly. We know these things like we're separated from a loved one. Right. You know, for a period of time. I mean, you you were deployed overseas in many cases, didn't see your family and whatnot. Sure. And I can imagine that was very painful. It was painful. Yeah, Espe- most especially for them. Mhm. Yeah, they longed for me. Mhm. Right. That was that was supposed to be a bad joke. <laughs> okay. I long for them too. There was like <laughs> Wow, your wife is gonna have words with you. She may not listen to this show, actually. I don't know. It's just uh just a coincidence. <laughs> so um as you said, Joe, just to kind of set the stage a little bit, um, the difference between Advent and Lent. In Advent, we do give up the Gloria mm-hmm. in the Mass, but we don't give up the Alleluia. Whereas True. in Lent, you don't you, you give up the Alleluia. True, um, and that which is pertinent specifically to Easter, which is something that only gets cut off for us during Lent. Exactly, um, where it's like literal complete cut off. Yeah, no joy. Yeah, I mean, there's it's Felix Kupa, but that only comes really at Easter. Sure, not this this horrible period before. What before they do Easter. have in common is that um, is that the liturgical color 
is still the violet color, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. a, a signifies the solemnity penance. Yeah, right. But it's also a royal color, mm-hmm. and uh, so it ha- always has that dual character because yes. we're, we're we're dealing with with the King of Kings, Christ the King. Right. Um, so the royal uh, the royal violet is is apropos. But let's get let's kind of get into some of the traditions, Joe. Um, maybe should we start with with fasting? Do fasting? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, f- fasting is something that is something that, that that recurs to us, and I think oftentimes we um, forget about the importance of fasting, and it it just seems like this kind of arbitrary thing that we do as Catholics. Yeah, it, not it's really so a, misunderstood. Yeah. It is it is in itself deserving of an entire show episode, Absolutely. and we promise that that will happen yes. uh, when the time comes. But because it's so misunderstood, I think a lot of people just they they don't really undertake a a a either a rigorous or a consistent habit mm-hmm. of fasting mm-hmm. because it's like well if you kind of look across the Catholic landscape, like if you look in the Eastern Rites, for example, mm-hmm. it differs so so much right. from what nowadays the 1983 code tells us fasting is which is basically like skipping a few bites i mean i'm i'm being i'm being a little tongue in cheek sure, right, here right, but right. it's it's really not a difficult thing to fast right. under the new code so it's kind of like well how, you know how do we how do we cope with that right and I, and so i think that's why a lot of people don't undertake fasting but how did it used to be i mean that's that's an interesting I mean, question for for a lot of i mean fasting was pretty hardcore once upon a time i mean i think uh, St. Jerome is probably the most extreme example where, you know, he would uh, he would eat like a, a scrap of bread every day. And then, then on Easter, he'd put a little oil on it. OK, come on. Really? <laughs> I'm dead serious that that was wow. St. Jerome. So okay. if we contrast ourselves, we're not all called to be St. Jerome. Clearly, that does, doesn't make sense for a lot of people. Uh, if you're a hermit, maybe, you know, you can start walking your way that direction. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of people postmodern hermits, though. Yeah, no, no, no there are. I mean, there that's are. actually I've a thing. Them. Like, yeah. actually, like, there's a, that's that's the new emerging trend. Like in Japan. Oh yeah, you've got these people that don't leave their apartments, have no interaction with people, have everything delivered to them. Okay, I mean, those yeah. people could go on a on a Saint Jerome style fast. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> just stop asking for taken to be delivered. Yeah, no, no more Uber Eats. Anyways, the the point is is that. Um, that, that it's important for us to be doing fasting, right? That, uh, you know, I, I know that a lot of people have asked you, Mike, as, as have asked me, right, that there's other struggles that they have in their life. Yeah. And yeah. The, the reason why so many of these struggles and these problems are, even with habitual sin, et cetera, are so difficult to overcome and people have to go to therapy and people have to go to, you know, group meetings and all this other stuff is because we do not have discipline, we yeah, do not that's have right. That's right. a mortification of the senses, which is what we're supposed to experience at least during part of the year. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the primary virtue that you are building when you are fasting with within the 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 scope of the cardinal virtues is the is the virtue of temperance, mm-hmm. and the virtue of temperance um, governs the concupiscible appetites. Mm-hmm. So your lower appetites, your concupiscible appetites, are those appetites which are directed towards the worldly goods that are right in front of you. So those would be, um, you know, th- things that are of a carnal nature, things of a food nature, mm-hmm. uh, be- just being comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Like you and I sitting in this studio wearing suits and ties, you know, as we do this. 
not the most comfortable thing to do, but that's that's part of the that's part of having the virtue of temperance, but that also is part of the virtue of modesty sure. um, and and uh, decorum. But but you can build upon you can build the virtue of temperance, and I think what you are getting at is a lot of people struggle with certain habitual sins that relate to purity. Yes, but fasting you wouldn't think is related to the virtue of of purity mm-hmm. but it certainly is because purity it is is defiled by your concupiscence yes, by your right. concupiscible appetites so the more that you can control those lower appetites by developing and cultivating the virtue of temperance mm-hmm. and to some degree the virtue of fortitude as you said with discipline then that can help you in your spiritual life immensely and overcome mm. sins that you wouldn't even think are related right. to to uh, denying yourself ice cream, right? Den- how can denying myself ice cream help me to govern my eyes? But right. they are They're related. Connected. They are it's, connected. It's like the, the hip bone's connected to the thigh bone. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. Anyways, that, that that is fasting, right? So it, it is important to do fasting during Advent. And since currently there are no rules governing that, that's kind of at your... Uh, at at your discretion for you and your mm. family in that regard as far as sin is concerned um but it it's important to remember again that the church had these things in place for a reason we ask why things deteriorate that this could be the answer for some of those things that that there are um yeah. you know just yeah. There's more laxness in sure. in spiritual discipline, right? Such yeah, as this. problems in the church. Maybe maybe our priests and bishops aren't fasting enough. All right. So with re- with regard to fasting, just a quick overview of what used to be. Uh, the monks used to fast uh, basically the entire month of December, mm-hmm. and some of them even backed it up to the middle of November, calling it uh, St. Martin's Lent, in fact. Uh, Which made ad- it like six weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Advent used to be the length of Lent. Uh, it started on St. Martin's Feast Day, uh, or Martin Mass, mm-hmm. as they would say. And um, and that was, a, that was a big custom. Now, that was primarily a custom that... Uh, sort of collapsed inward into the monastic lifestyle mm. over the centuries. And even as you get to uh, the Middle Ages, it was not the laity who was participating in this Advent fast, but it was only the religious. Mm-hmm. And there were there were a couple um, ecumenical councils even that seemed to suggest that that was the practice of the time, <laughs> even in the mid to late 1100s. Um, it wasn't until Ch- St. Charles Borromeo came along and he insisted that within his diocese, the practice of Advent be extended, re-extended to all the faithful. Mm. He was not innovating, though. Right. He was just re-establishing what had been the pious tradition in Christendom prior to it sort of falling away. Right. I remember a lot of things in in, histor- in historicity that we deal with is that there were a lot of things that the 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 lay people did on their own. They didn't need canonized rules for this, that, or the other. That's, that's a right. new thing. That's a good. That's a good point. That's Joe. A, that's a new thing. People, yeah. they 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 took their faith seriously, and they brought a lot of this stuff on themselves. Yeah. And you know, again, as time goes by, this is this is the human condition. We we deteriorate over time through generation to generation, and there's a time for resurgence that you got to pick it back up, and yeah. you just got to. Push right. it back up the mountain. Whoa. 
I'm seeing some fortitude right now. <laughs> I am I am witnessing fort I am you are fortitude incarnate at this point, Joe. Uh, yes. I am ready to push Words the are rock cheap. Words are cheap. The mountain. <laughs> Words are cheap, right? But that right. that's that's the sensation that we need to build up inside yeah, of us, yeah. right? To 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 push us. That's the actual renewal of the church that what we need. Right. Right. That you know you, you can have a council that talks about, you know, some some pseudo renewal and and you know the new evangelization whatever right. it is. You can use these buzzwords that mean nothing if you as an individual don't take it upon yourself to reinvest yourself in the faith, in the traditions of the faith, these lost customs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a great point, right? I mean, we, we do complain, and righteously so, about a lot of the problems that are in the church, lots of them. But we've got to get behind the rock and push. Yeah. And this is, this is how we do this sort of thing. I yeah. mean, you talk about Nineveh, right? And, 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 and you know, uh, Jonah comes to Nineveh and is just like, guys, this is the truth. This is what you need to do. Okay, don't want to listen. Bye. Mm-hmm. And then this entire city like puts itself in ashes and repents, right? And it it, it literally opens God back up to say, "All right, I'm going to have mercy yeah. on you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This right. this this is where it's supposed to happen. The church is here for us. We're not here for the church. So yes, they are doing. You know, th- there's a lot of bad things going on there. But if we're not doing yeah what we need to be doing, yeah, yeah we have ourselves to blame for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a, 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 as much, if not more, in some cases, than we are the the, peop, the men and women who drove the nails into Christ's hands. I feel like we should just end the show right there. I mean, that is like <laughs> that is that is the superlative point of the show. But we got to keep driving. But forward. we got more. Yeah, we got to keep driving forward. Uh, just to wrap up the whole fasting and and Advent participation piece, it was uh, when uh, Pope Benedict the Fourteenth was the Bishop of Bologna. Bologna? Bologna. Bologna. Mm-hmm. Bologna. Uh, Bologna. <laughs> that he, uh, he sort of was inspired by Charles Borromeo, and then he took that idea to the papacy, uh, to the Holy See, and standardized at least, um, brought it back to the people. Okay. A couple different cultures around the world. Fun stuff. This is the fun part of the show. I love flying around the world and seeing what other people do. There's some pretty cool stuff out there. The Hungarians are pretty hardcore about Advent. Yeah, they are. Um, the they they offer um, green sprouts to the infant king when uh, on, on Christmas Day they actually start back in uh, on the feast of Saint Lucy, and then they they have enough time from the feast of Saint Lucy, which we'll talk about, to actually sprout. On Christmas Day, that's incredible. That was so very awesome. Yeah, and, and and I mean that like ties it all together with like even like Abel's sacrifice, right? Like first fruits. That's right. And and offering them to to God. Yeah, and in this case, right. the Hungarians taking the 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 wheat, the sprouts of wheat, and and they plant them, and then it, it sprouts on Christmas Day. And historically, an agrarian society. This particular sacrifice is a meaningful is is extra meaningful to them as you know many of them historically have been farmers. It's it's one mm-hmm. of the food baskets of Eastern Europe, and there's a tie-in as well to the supernatural bread of life, of course, that our Lord right. is right. So it's there's there's layers of meaning in this beautiful tradition that the Hungarians have. I want to talk about a tradition that is. Uh, 
still happens in a way, mm-hmm. not how it used to be, but is still uh, limping along in Latin America mm. uh, because that's where that's from whence my wife hails. Uh, Mesoamerica, and uh, this is the posada. The posada is like a procession. La posada. La posada. La posada. La posada es una procesión, mm. and um, it's typically led by a priest. And the, you can you can have the holy family, you can have a crib, an empty an empty manger, mm. you can have all kinds of um, religious focused items that you will process through people's neighborhoods, mm. and you go through and you knock on people's doors, mm. and this is to symbolize the holy family knocking on doors, looking for wow. a place to stay, and this this happens towards the end of Advent, the Posada, um, and in its most Beautiful forms. I think it happened for seven or eight consecutive days, mm. which even had a nickname to it, the Golden Nights. So Just, during the Golden Nights, you would see this procession of people dressed up in their in their best, mm. carrying candles, carrying Our Lady, knocking on doors, and uh, looking for looking for a, a place. Isn't it so sad that even today? If we were to organize something like this, that we would, I, I think a lot of people would feel like that was silly. Yeah. No, trick-or-treating is not silly. Yeah, that that's real. Trick-or-treating okay, yeah, is real. Yeah, you got to do that. Right? Yep. But doing a Posada Hello. procession? Yep. That's, that's offensive. Where, 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 that's a waste that? of time. That's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... Had to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so so there so there's that uh and, and of course they would go for several days and they would be refused right and then on the last day of the golden nights then the woman that would be riding the donkey in the procession dressed up as our lady yeah. would be accepted yeah. into the home right 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 i just come in, just yes. absolutely beautiful please come into my home although i'm not in all fairness, I'm not so sure I want the donkey inside no, the No, donkey, house. stay outside. Can yep. the donkey stay out? Donkey can stay out. If it's I a mean, real donkey. You put it in the garage. <laughs> if it's a fake donkey, then you can bring yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, if it's just like a dress up, <laughs> dress up toddler or something. <laughs> okay, back to Europe. Yes. So I found this one. This was really cool. Yeah. Um, Tell me. So I, I'm probably going to butcher it. So all you Italians out there watching can correct me on this. Maybe maybe post like an audio file or something on the page. And they will like correct yes, you. Yes, they will. But the, the Fifari. 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 I'm going to just say it with an Italian accent. You know, it's like I say, Menacari, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Fafari. Um, I know a lot of people think that because they watch Braveheart that that means that only the Scots have bagpipes. But the bagpipes are all over the world. With This one is for you, Patrick Warrick. Um <laughs> The bagpipes are, are are not unique to Scotland. In in fact, you'll see in in, in several places, even in, in nativity scenes, you'll see shepherds walking around with bagpipes. Oh, it's packy pipes. Bagpipes are an international thing. It's not okay. located to Scotland. I am so sorry to our Celtic listeners right now. This is, I mean, because this is this feels like cultural appropriation. What you're saying, yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, if you were, I mean, it's not like you're saying that the Celts invented lasagna. Okay. That so, that would be immoral. That sin. would be. 
pretty sure that would be yeah that would be that but, would be cultural appropriation yeah, but yeah, in this yeah. case bagpipe it's all right most of the Celts actually know their know their stuff they they know that this this has come yeah, yeah, from yeah. afar it didn't it didn't start there so but they, the so Italians they play, so where do they play these bagpipes they go to all the major marian shrines and play to our lady during advent on the last oh, days this is during the golden nights oh man and they and they go around to all the 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 marian uh, uh shrines and 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 churches and and they and they playing the, these bagpipes in in into our lady who is traveling on her way the, mm. uh, any woman any woman who has ever had a child knows the pain yeah. and, and the whatnot yeah. and and though our lady did not experience that pain because she was separate from original sin Glad she you clarified still that. she yes she was still longing just waiting he's inside me yeah but then i will see him soon right and he will finally be born right that's that 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 longing that threshold that is still taking place sure so um th- this is just a very beautiful thing to do for a woman that i think any other woman would appreciate if there were men serenading her on her last days of her expectancy yeah yeah so it's a very beautiful tradition that's very nice that touches on music which we hadn't really planned to talk about, but I will just make an observation that we all know O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's yes. pretty much the beginning and the end of the Advent music that we know as a culture. That's actually really true, actually. I, I didn't really, I've never really thought about that until today, but yeah, we don't. Yeah, and the uh, P.S., uh, the seven verses, there are actually seven verses to O Come, O Come, Correspond perfectly to the O antiphons, which we will cover later in the show. Yes. That's a nice, uh, that's an interesting factoid. But I would like to personally make a recommendation that we try to recover some of our Advent music, which Mm. has heretofore been lost. And one of the best albums out there that I think both of us listen to Mm -hmm. during this time is put out by the Benedictine Nuns from Gower, Missouri. Mm -hmm. and it's called Advent at F- Ephesus. Yes, it's a very beautiful album. It's, it's put out by Benedictine's Queen of Mary. I believe this is the album that did go platinum and has funded their new abbey. Ah, uh, really? Um, that was I the one, really. could be wrong, but I okay. think this is the one that went, Gosh, really they, they caught sound on. They like angels. They sound like angels. It, it caught on like wildfire. Yeah, I mean, now this is a... You can have an entire album of Advent music safe beautiful advent music and this is the point of the show i think where we should make the point that we should not be listening to christmas music mm-hmm. you should not be listening to silent Mo- silent night or um or joy to the world right now if no. you're doing that cease and desist because that is a total it's putting the cart before the horse you, you know in, in my adult life i have never been so tired of christmas I, I mean, seriously, like growing up, Christmas was big. Now I am exhausted <laughs> of listening to Christmas music by the time it is Christmas. And everybody loves Christmas music too. It's so lovable and it's so universal. Yeah. And, and we can't even go down that path because that's going to re- re- require a long rant from me on 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 Christmas music. Uh, but the point is. At the end of the day, Christmas lasts a lot longer than what people think it yeah, does. it does. It and does. we can talk a lot about that. We, but we, we can. I think the long and short of it that we should probably mention here, though, is that Christmas starts on Christmas mm-hmm. and it ends on Candlemas, February 2nd. Yes. 
So yep. Christmas is a longer period for those of you that are taking down your decorations on for, over the New Year's weekend mm-hmm. or whatever, or even for those who wait until Epiphany and then take it out. Yeah, there's a whole lot more to unpack there. So plan on leaving your stuff up later this year. Yep. And if you haven't bought your Christmas tree, don't because you want your Christmas tree to last until Candlemas. Yes. So buy it later in the season. By the way, they're cheaper. I'm point. glad we're actually talking about this because this is this yeah. is something that we have to be concerned about in, during Advent. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. do these things. Yeah, sure. We're, and, and we're going to talk more about it, and we'll hopefully we'll get a Christmas episode out you know, it, well yeah. enough in advance, maybe a week or so on the second Sunday of Advent. Advent is so short this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like, oh, fourth Sunday of Advent, and it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> right, right, right. No, but this is a very practical thing. I mean, yes. can you prepare the house? For Christmas, you can you can prepare the house in the same way that you would prepare for the coming of our Lord. Like stage it, like like get it like all like lined up. Yeah, like right. so you're ready to rock and roll. But the infant not for Christmas, anyways. The infant doesn't come out until Christmas. The right. nativity set isn't complete until Christmas. I'm glad that you brought that part up. That's so the the, the nativity scene is. Historically, been called the creche. The creche, and the creche is a very, very long-standing tradition, and much more elaborate than a lot of people would think. When I where I went to school, that like it was the equivalent. You know, if, if a person is about this tall, it was equivalent of like three city blocks. Okay, I mean, it was just like uh, it was massive. It was deserts you know, and trees and you have shepherds and the angel appearing to them like way over here. Like if I'm holding the end of the table, I can't even touch the shepherds. Like that's how big these thing is. And, you know, and, and it was just magnificent. The, the creches, if you look up online pictures of creches from times past, they were huge, especially in Germany. The Germans, of course, are the Christmas people. The Christmas people. I mean, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. They, they, they are the heart it, of they're, Christmas. They, they're, they're next level. Yeah, <laughs> they're next level. Way up here. Yeah, way up here. Yeah, and the Austrians and the Austrians, the Germanic peoples. Um, but yeah, that that was a, a very grand grand tradition. Now that's an interesting one, because although it sort of predated Saint Francis of Assisi, he's he's kind of the one who made it very famous. The the crash or or the manger scene or the manger. Well, the, the specifically the manger, which is which is a subcomponent of the crash. Ah, but, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. he would have this manger that he would um, prepare for our infant Lord. Mm-hmm. And this is this is this could be a separate topic in your house if you don't have room for three city blocks and uh, and an entire crash. <laughs> I'm not saying maybe you it, just go for the manger. Right, right. That's a good start. But the manger is an interesting one. At least here's how we do it in our in our house. I'm not saying it's the best, but this is just how this is what we do. When the children make sacrifices and we recognize those sacrifices, then they can put a piece of hay inside the manger. Mm-hmm. So we have a we have a like a an antique wood manger. Mm. It's beautiful. It's a crib. Where where did you get it? By the I, way, I had it like a garage sale. I, I think I like know. you can find this sort of stuff at Hobby Lobby. Believe you it or not, you probably can. Yeah, like I, I th- I'm pretty sure that I've seen those things there. These things can be found and obtained. Yeah. Hello, sponsorship from Hobby Lobby. We're here. Um. So, so you get so go to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yeah. Get your get your crib. Get your yeah. empty manger. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can get hay anywhere, right? But so th- the whole idea is that we make these little sacrifices, and and they they're you know they're little kid sacrifices, mm-hmm. but they prepare the crib for our infant Lord, and our mm-hmm. infant Lord doesn't come out until Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, right? Yep. And that is exactly how it was celebrated with St. Francis of Assisi in the early part of the 13th century mm. in the year 1223. He really made it famous. He he of course he he as you said earlier. He was today, he was a man of temperance. He he did everything out in the woods. So <laughs> Extremes. He, so he had this yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had this this beautiful crib that he mm. had been preparing with his own sacrifices mm. and his own and his own tradition. Um, and he had a solemn mass offered out in the woods. Now remember, he was a he was a deacon, so yes. he was he was a deacon Wasn't at the celebrating, mass. He, yes. he didn't he didn't offer the mass, right? But he had he arranged for it to be offered, and he brought all these people out into the woods, and everybody was touched by the piety and the beautiful tradition mm. of reverencing our infant king in the crib. And that tradition has survived now for 800 years. That's amazing. And can be brought into your house. So as we speak right now, we have the crib out because it is Advent. And the crib has just a few pieces of straw in it because, uh, well, it's the early part of Advent and the kids haven't done that many sacrifices. You have to get in the groove. Yeah, you got to get in There's like a week that goes by and you're like, uh, you got to, the parents have to start remembering, oh, Okay, yeah, stop crying, offer it up, put a right. piece of straw in as opposed right. to stop crying. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. once you get in the groove, it's 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 fine, right? <laughs> it's it's it, there there there's a there's there's a peak and then there's a fall, kind of as you get into the fourth week of Advent as you're tailing in, everybody's like, ah Yeah. Yeah. But now the the the, the Christmas crib as part of the creche, I mean what what's sad about the creche is that Protestants have absolutely demolished it. They've destroyed it. Yeah, so speaking about Hobby Lobby again, just to kind of take something back away. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> There's some pretty hideous uh, things out there. Although I do enjoy this, right, because it, it, it even though the, the, there are a lot of hideous uh, crush, uh, you know, nativity scenes out there, and everything's very, uh, and it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Made in right, China. Right, exactly. But I do get to enjoy this because this is the one part of the year where the, the Protestants worship statues like us, so. Wow, you said that. <laughs> you said that. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, no, that was sarcasm. There was um, nota bene. Nota bene. There was sarcasm in that comment. We don't actually worship statues, but we did an entire show about idol worship and whether or not Catholics are credibly accused of breaking the second commandment and worshiping idols. You can see it on our face. Yeah. On our and on. we did graven images too. We even did that one before. The, yes, the idol one. So, so if you were to subscribe to the Restoring the Faith Media YouTube channel, you too would be in the loop as we're uh, referencing our former shows. There are um, a lot of feast days. There are Ed a lot Ed. of feast days, Joe. What there are, are some? Of the, there are a lot. I mean, we just talked about one in another show. Well, just yesterday. Yeah, we were talking about Saint Nicholas. Feast of St. Nicholas, December 6th. December 6th. It's coming up. This is another reminder. You should watch that entire show. Why should you watch that entire show? Because it's going to tell you exactly how you can tie December 6th, the Feast of St. Nicholas, 
to Christmas and how if you develop and cultivate this devotion to St. Nicholas, he can actually come into your home and perform miraculous things for your children. So check out that show. When you looked at the camera, it just kind of felt like an out-of-body experience. Almost. Was it? Was yeah, it? It was something yeah. like that. Well, I feel bad for those who are listening in Podcastville yeah. who are not subscribed to the YouTube channel because they're they're missing out on some pretty cool visuals <laughs> of us drinking a water-like substance while we talk. Water-like. Yeah. Clear. It looks like That's water. about the only other. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also the Immaculate Conception. We're planning on doing a special delivery for y'all on uh, for that as well. Mm-hmm. Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about that. Gosh. Later this week, we have St. Ambrose. Yes. Confessor, doctor of the church. The man who converted St. Augustine. I like, mean, pretty big hardcore. time. Pretty big time. Yeah, hardcore. Um, there, I, you, you wanted to talk about St. Lucy. Wow. Okay. So um, I'm the oldest of 12 children. And uh, so there are four brothers and seven sisters. So I'm very familiar with the, the family politique that is related to the Feast of St. Lucy. Um uh, because uh, the oldest girl, this is a, is, is a Swedish tradition, if I recall correctly, um, that the oldest daughter that is still in the home yeah. uh, will have prepared sweetbreads and 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 pastries and all this just wonderful thing. I mean, this is just ah femininity, true womanhood. This is that she has prepared carefully all the, these trays of all these wonderful sweets and whatnot, which kind of goes against the whole fasting thing but I, again there are there are exceptions for these things exception. in yeah, these ru- yeah, in, in the these feast glorious Lucy. feasts I mean. right St. Lucy is light this this is this is a pre this is uh St. Lucy is yeah. heralding the coming yeah. of the light yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love advent right because it, only in Lent there is one day where we have like a ah, moment which is Gaudete Sunday mm. but there are these little snippets along the way right you have St. Nicholas and then you have the Immaculate Conception. You have feasts like St. Ambrose. And then you have St. Lucy, who is literally light, just reminding us the yep. light is coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so she comes with this this beautiful wreath, and, and there are little white candles. Candles, yeah. In, in the wreath. Okay, candles on the head. Now, we do this too, and there's it's less political in my clan <laughs> because I have one daughter. Yeah, that, that, would, so, that would lower it. So she brings the four boys treat, so it's like perfect. This is St. Lucy is Boom. like designed for our family, <laughs> okay? But it's so funny watching a little 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old girl with like candles on her head mm. candles affixed to a wreath on her head and mm. she's like she's bringing up the cinnabons or whatever you yeah, know right right and there's there's like hot wax dripping from her head and Onto she's going wreath. up the stairs yeah keep yeah. your head straight yeah. don't look down this just is... look keep your eyes forward yeah keep your eyes forward yep chin up keep going in a white dress Yes. Here are your Cinnabons. And in the morning, it's dark in the room, and it smells, and this this beautiful little girl comes Uh, into the room carrying these things. I mean, there's there's nothing like it. It's a nice nice reprieve from Advent, though, to your point. Yes, it is. It's a very nice reprieve. And I always like breakfast in bed. Noted. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. Well, as a uh, as a as the Marine, I have to comment on the patroness of artillerymen, Saint Barbara. Mm-hmm. Saint Barbara is also sometime this week, uh, or maybe next week. She's she's in early December. She is the patron saint of artillerymen because she's also the patron saint of. I don't want to die from lightning strikes. 
the big boom of that, a lightning. That is the person that Martin Luther was supposed to be praying to instead of St. Anne. But <laughs> that went the wrong way. Whoops. Should have yeah. prayed to St. Barbara. Um, she also has, there's an interesting, speaking of young ladies, there is a devotion around St. Barbara. And it would be nice to start that uh, novena now, as you hear the show, if this applies to you, for young ladies to help them find a good husband. Which I never knew that. I, I always yeah. knew the artillery piece and the lightning piece, right. but not the good husband piece. It's funny how some see, these saints can be eclectic with their with their devotions. Right, and 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 you know if if you're if you're currently dating somebody, it's still a good idea to say the novena just in case that's not the right guy for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you Maybe need, if you need if confirmation, he, if he gets struck by lightning. Right. Then St. Barbara took care of you. Right, 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 right. right. Dodge that okay, bullet. I'm, I'm really sorry for all the single guys out there. We're just throwing that part out there. Yeah, There's well. got to be a saint for you, too. But in this particular instance, it's St. Barbara for on the ladies' side. Indeed, indeed. Okay, um, another little uh, thing that we have sort of uh, made allusion to, and these are the last few days in Advent. These are the O. Antiphons, mm. and I think that these are fairly well known. Um, but if they're not well known, you should definitely look into it. These are the O antiphons, and it is it is the first words of the office for those seven days mm. from the seventeenth until the twenty fourth. Yep, and it's it's uh, the office starts in Latin, mm-hmm. so it's you know. O Adonai or O Oriens or O Emmanuel. Yes. And so these these things, they, they're the beginnings of sentences. Mm-hmm. So the first one is O Wisdom, which happens to be my wife's birthday. So I call her O Sapientia, you know. Just I bet she loves that. On her, on her birthday. She likes that. <laughs> she likes that. It's almost actually, like it was meant to be. You know, she doesn't actually let me forget that she... <laughs> You just hit hit the microphone. She doesn't let me forget that she's a wisdom. I don't know. She's very proud of it. Okay. Very proud of it. But these O's are magnificent antiphons. uh, I think they're in in the Vespers portion of the office, right? Yes. Um, So that's... uh, Uh, No. No, no, that's not true. Is that true? Use the Vespers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're Um, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But here's what's so cool about them. They spell a word. Actually, two words. Yeah. They spell out arrow cross, arrow cross, which means I come tomorrow. The O antiphons end on Christmas Eve and the following day tomorrow I come, really that night. I come tomorrow, arrow cross. I mean, how, mm. what about the layers of meaning that's, in this that's stuff? Incredible. I mean, it's like you can't engineer this stuff no. yourself. It's meant to be stuff. The this church, is meant to be. The church is not smart enough to engineer this. This is divine. Right. This is divine. Mm-hmm. This is providence. Inspiration. I mean, that, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. I mean, that is, the, these antiphons are really, when you read them, you know, when, when you sit down and you just take a moment to actually sit down this and think about those all day while you're cleaning the house or while you're at work and whatnot, yeah. they, they, they grow on you. There, there's, there's, there's a deeper and deeper meaning. You feel like you're sinking into yeah. the mystery of Christmas. And there, there's actually, we, we did a lot of different things. My mother was very good about this growing up. Uh, she actually had everybody, we, she, I think she had a coloring book. At, at several for several years or whatnot, there was like literally the 
the whole spelling. Mm-hmm. Like there would be mm-hmm. the the e, uh, which is uh, well, well. Let's just say them really quickly. There's uh, o iman. Th- this is in reverse order. So aerocrats, just so it's all very clear. That's how the word is spelt, but it's spelt. It's spelled backwards. It backwards. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So backwards from Christmas. From Christmas. So you work yeah. your way from the end of Aerocrass. So the S was O Sapientia, O Adonai, O Radix, O Radix Jesse, O Clavis David, O Oriens, O Rex Gentium, and O Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Which translate to O Wisdom, O Lord, O Root of Jesse. O King of David, O Day Spring, O King of the Nations, and of course, O Emmanuel is God with us. Right. So there would be the, these these pictures with each of the the letters of Aerocrass, mm-hmm. right? And and everybody would sit down and they would and color, color them, yeah, color the each day. So you you could put them, you know, on, and that would be kind of the, the, this countdown, right? Mm-hmm. We're in the last days yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and that part, that comes into that. That's some of the meditative things. We'll give you a couple meditative topics, and then we'll give you a couple practical resources uh, as we as we uh, adjourn the show here. But that gets into entering, as you said, the real spirit of Advent. I mean, look. One of the things, one of the key figures for Advent that is mentioned uh, prolifically in the office is Saint John the Baptist. Yep. He was there preparing the way for the Lord. And so that's why he is so oft referenced mm-hmm. in the office during Advent because we are making a way, we are crying out a voice in the desert, crying mm-hmm. out to make the way for the Lord. That's we're living in, you know, in some ways we are living in a spiritual desert today, mm-hmm. but we sort of make ourselves a little spiritual desert during Advent and deny ourselves food and things like that and make sacrifices, just like St. John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. Feel free to eat locusts during Advent. Yeah, eat them up. Eat them up. Uh, yum. Tasty. <laughs> and then the other thing which we'll do a whole show on, um, and this is a holy day of obligation, but... The body and soul of the Immaculate Virgin, the tabernacle of our Lord, this is where he resideth during all of Advent, really for nine months, but particularly during Advent, as as you said, Joe, when the mother is so full of expectation mm-hmm. and preparation and waiting. So those are things to think about. Now, there are a couple of practical books that we can, rep- that we can mm-hmm. recommend here mm-hmm. too, right? And I think one of them is, um, it's called Around the Year with the Von Tropp Family. The hills are alive. You've, you've heard of them. You've heard of the Von Tropp Family. Yes. You just don't know this. You've heard of them. Because they are the family which is represented in the sound, the, what is it called? The sound of Music. The Sound of and Music. Trust me, if you watch sound The of Sound of Music and you think that you now understand who the Von Tropps were, you're dead wrong. You went in the complete opposite direction. Didn't get it at all. Go back. Yeah. There's a lot of resources out there. Get the They've book. done a lot of albums. There's great albums. music. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. great books. They They're even have pictures. They have Advent music that's out yes. there and, yes. and available as well. What's interesting, though, is this particular book, Joe, who it was written by the matriarch of the family, the mm. mother. Mm-hmm. And she was the first generation immigrant to the United States. Now, they live up in New Hampshire, and they run a whole... 
um, facility up there. You can go to kind of do the Sound of Music tour and meet their family and mm-hmm. see how they live. But she brought all of the old world Austrian Germanic customs wow. with her to America, and she wrote she wrote this book in the first half of the twentieth century, and um, it went out of print for a while. But she she really documents her startlement of contrasting the old world Catholic customs with what was at that time modern day America. Mm-hmm. And even for her, it was so startling to hear, oh, holy night in a department store the day yeah. after Thanksgiving. I mean, imagine. Yeah. And that was 75 years ago when yeah. this woman wrote this stuff. Right. Um, but this book had long been out of print and you could only find it for a lot of money, I think. you know. And that was our standard go-to gift for newlywed couples is we, mm. would, we would give them this book. And it was like about 100 to $150 to find it. <sighs> Guess what? It's back in print. Really? You can get a copy for like 20 bucks. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, that's a little bit more reasonable. Around the Year with the Trap Family, T-R-A-P-P, Around the Year with the Trap Family. Good resource. There's a, another resource uh, which uh, includes the sermons of St. Uh, Bernard of Clairvaux mm. on Advent and Christmas. Just started cracking into that. That is like heavy-hitting stuff. And then, of course, there's nothing really better that you can do than... Uh, find a way to get a hold of the liturgical year. Yeah. I mean, this is all year round resource. This is, I mean, you can't beat it, right? I mean, this has a collection of so many different fathers of the doctors of the church that Dom Garanger uh, put together. And as much as Robert Barron doesn't like him, he is incredible. Uh, Dom Garanger is an incredible resource for our times. Well, Dom Garanger, I hate to say, will long outlive Robert Barron. So that I know is for sure. By the way, we didn't say this, but no partying. Take this advent seriously. Take it seriously. Make some sacrifices. Stay home with your children. Learn about the O Antivons. And let's enter more deeply into this spirit of expectation for the coming of our Lord. God bless you. Put some straw in. Living the Faith Podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media, restoringthefaith.com.